21. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the people, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants, who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to him, have you never read the scriptures that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Let us pray. Holy God, words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you. Amen. <clears throat> One of the things that we've got to wrap our heads around is that the general population of the world doesn't care if we live or die. We care, of course, because we're invested in ourselves. Truth be told, many or some might even look forward to our passing, if, especially if we hold a high position of power or wealth. Surely others might be envious or jealous of us. This phenomenon is what we get in the scriptures today. We hear it in Isaiah the Psalms, and in the Gospel through these three accounts of vineyards. A vineyard, according to Isaiah, the Psalms, and the Gospels, is actually quite a precarious business. To make a good vineyard, you had to build a wall around it. You had to build a watchtower to stand guard of it. And the better that a vineyard produced grapes and wine, the more critters would want to get in and eat the grapes. Wild boars, 
birds, rats, other people, bacteria, passers-by, all who would wish to topple the walls and feast on the grapes. I mentioned our grape harvest that we had a little over a week ago. And indeed, some of the clusters had already been eaten by critters. And some of the clusters had uh, mold or bacteria growing in them that we couldn't harvest. Each of us is like a vineyard. And our existence is a balance of competing forces. We can even think of countries or empires as vineyards too. In our history of Christianity we've been reading, we're coming up to the fall of Rome. The fall of the Roman Empire, at least the western half, was like a giant vineyard with boundaries around it. And those who were not in it were jealous. And they wanted the resources that Rome had. And eventually, they broke through. And they came in and took what they wanted. And that was the fall of Rome. It also happened by the Romans before this to the temple in Jerusalem that Jesus was alluding to in the gospel. It's something that could happen to any country and to any person. The only way that we can avoid this, or at least stave it off and prolong life, is for others to give to others in return for what we receive. Then we can work to have allies who will help us in our survival. Our gospel this morning, Matthew 21, surely is a parable about how we are not owners of anything. The point of the parable is that we are stewards. We are tenants of God's earth. And in fact, if we have faith in God, then it follows that we own absolutely nothing. We are just caretakers, leasing the land temporarily. Our temporary possession of land and property is conditional upon God's favor. We must be careful not to be distracted from the most important thing. And the most important thing, of course, is faith in Jesus. In the parable, the owner sends the son to collect the harvest, and the people treat him badly. They, they kill him. So if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we have to do better than the people in the parable. We have to yield the produce of the land, the fruits of our labor, to Jesus. And we never know how Jesus might come to us, what shape he might take. We have to be ready to see him, however he might show up. Jesus goes on after the parable to compare himself to a stone that builders rejected. He says that the stone that the builders rejected will become the cornerstone that the whole building rests upon. And whoever doesn't see that is at risk of tripping on the stone, of being crushed by the stone. Again, if we have faith in Jesus, it means that we must treat every single human being 
like they could be the cornerstone. We, who have faith in Jesus, have to see Jesus in the face of our neighbor. So anybody who comes to us, especially those that are the, the misshapen stones, those who don't fit, those who aren't nice, neat bricks that behave the way they're supposed to. No, but the ones who are odd, the ones who are a challenge, the ones who make us uncomfortable, these are the ones who we should see Jesus in. And if we don't incorporate them into our life, we are at risk of tripping and falling and being crushed. So after Jesus got done saying this, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of the leader, the elite leaders, they got very angry with Jesus because they perceived that he was talking about them. And what did they want to do to him? They wanted to arrest him. But did they? No. Why didn't they arrest him at that time? They were afraid the crowd. If that crowd hadn't been there to protect Jesus, the Gospel of Matthew would have been a lot shorter. The crucifixion would have happened right then and there. It's another reminder of the many instances where Jesus prolongs his life. He extends his life as much as possible to do his ministry. And his safety and security depended upon that crowd being there to protect him. Sometimes we're conditioned to think to be scared of crowds, be afraid of the crowd, be afraid of a lot of people gathered together. But what if it's just the opposite? What if there are strengths in numbers? What if our own well-being and salvation and survival is dependent on the crowd? This past week, I was in the Bay Area at a theological conference helping our neighboring church, First Lutheran in Ontario, train up one of their members to become a pastor. And when I was in the Bay Area, I got to do one of my favorite activities, riding public transportation, the BART and the buses. And I was thinking to myself, how much does a bus cost? It's got to be a lot of money, right? They're not cheap. How much does a train cost? A lot of money. More than a sports car. More than the uh, Corvette C8 that I'm envious of. Why do we spend our money on cars when we could have trains and buses? I have to tell you, if you haven't done public transportation in an area like that for a while, it's so easy. You just get out your phone, you say where you want to go, and you hop on, and the price is pennies on the dollar. Of course, it only works if there's enough people who are willing to use it and to demand it. If we consider the possibility that our well-being comes from being part of the crowd, and if we look at the parable once again, we can ask ourselves, who really owns the vineyard? Well, of course, it's God. And I, as an individual, of course, I am not God. Neither are you as an individual. But we do say that together we are the body of who? 
Christ, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Together, as an assembly, as a, as a sacred crowd, we are the body of Christ. When we are together in fellowship, in unity, we are closer to being the presence of God on earth. And if that's true, then together we are the owner of the vineyard. And in order to give the harvest to God, we must give it to each other. And the stone that Jesus talked about that threatens to crush us if we don't respect it is an emphasis on this very point. If we can incorporate people into our lives, the stronger we are. We build a firm foundation. But if we reject people and cast them aside, then it's to our own doom. St. Paul, in our letter this morning, St. Beaton Bridge for reading, talks about how he strives for the resurrection. Paul says that the race that he is on is difficult and that he yearns to experience the resurrection of Jesus. When we talk about this resurrection, we are talking about nothing less than the resurrection of the body of Christ, and we are the body of Christ. God's people and God's creation. When people and creation live together in harmony, we are the body of Christ resurrected. And so the question becomes, can we have hope? The future is not predetermined. The future is not fixed. And we are not doomed. And because the future is not determined, then there are some things that are possible that we have not yet imagined or considered. Things can get better for us and for all of God's creation. Amen. Please stand if you are able as we sing the hymn of the day. <clears throat>